What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer from Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor and chief of Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, how is your summer going? Uh, it's going great. You know, it's uh, the last few days has been some bad storms in this area. Uh, you know, but, you know, it's as good as it can be. We have a pool. So as soon as I get off this pot, I'm going to jump in and catch a few rays in, in the pool here. Oh, nice. Um, we are also joined by Taylor Dahl, who is the newest podcast yeah. member of our Windy City Gridiron podcast channel. Very excited. Taylor, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, better weather today, so we're good to go. But I'm pumped for this. We've been preparing, obviously, for about a month to just kind of see um, where this our podcast was going to go. So I'm excited to kick it off this week. And with camp starting, it's perfect timing. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the show is going to be called and what the concept is for the, the podcast that you're going to be bringing with us? Yeah, so uh, the title of it's Making Monsters. Uh, the premise is kind of just based around all of the first contract guys. And that's a lot. Um, as I was going over and kind of studying some of these new guys, I've noticed that out of the 90-man roster that the Bears have right now, 60 are on their four-year or less. And a, a large portion of those 60 are two or less. So it's it gives us a lot of content because we get to kind of take all of these. And um, once we get into the season, we're going to focus more specifically on kind of a player um, per episode and really deep, you know, dive into how what they're doing for the team at that time. It may be because somebody got thrown in the week before and that gives us a reason to talk about it. Maybe because there's kind of a battle going on at a certain position and maybe because someone played terrible and we're like, what do we do about this? Um, so that'll be fun. During the offseason, we're kind of using it as a way for everybody to get to know the young guys. Because at, when you're looking at this roster, there's a ton. And there's you might not know a lot about of them. There's a lot of uh, competition right now, especially on that offensive line. that They did a lot in the secondary. So there's a lot of depth there and some battles in the secondary. Um, we have some question marks at wide receiver. So there's a lot of fun things that we can kind of dive into. So I'm excited. But the whole premise is we don't, we're not going to forget about certain guys that – maybe beyond that four year we will they'll be you know talked about a little bit but our whole thing is we kind of want to focus on the young guys which fortunately for us is also includes justin fields and darnell mooney and roquan smith who we're hoping gets paid uh so it'll be fun because there's just so so many ways we can go with those first the rookie contract guys yeah absolutely really excited about the concept uh, when we talked about it that was really fun i love the logo you came up with too so people are going to start seeing that logo pop up in their podcast uh, feed so really excited about everything uh we'll have to have you on here or on bears over beers when, when things overlap a little bit and vice versa really looking forward to integrating you into this but first official uh appearance on, on bear and balance we don't uh, have a ton of guests normally i mean robert uh, popped in and out uh, last season, but uh, this is uh, this is fun for us. I'm getting ready to go to camp. 
Uh, I'm going to be at camp uh, starting on Thursday. Lester's going to join me on Friday and Saturday as well. I'll be at camp on Wednesday, uh, sorry, on Thursday with Sam Householder. And so we'll, we'll start bringing you camp coverage. Really excited about that. And that's kind of the first thing I want to talk about. We had uh, some articles post on the website where we had some writers express what they're most excited about uh, for camp. Now, um, Taylor, you didn't write one of those articles, and, but you'll be talking about that, that type of stuff here soon. So mm -hmm. I wanted to go around and just kind of share that. Lester, you had an article post. What are you most excited about for camp? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's got to be Justin Fields. I mean, I'm usually the, the guy who likes the offensive lineman, but – you know, this year's O-line is, you know, kind of sketchy as it is right now. So, I mean, that's something we'll, we'll definitely have a chance to talk about in a little bit here. But for me, it's Justin Fields. I mean, if Justin Fields is the guy the Bears believe him to be, the fans hope him to be, a lot of the analysts think he, he has a chance to be. If he is that guy, you know, he will uh, he will cover up a bunch of the warts on the team. I mean, if, 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 the, if the line's bad – his, his, he can actually help that with his 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 mobility, um, his decision making. You know, set in the pass pro. You know, he has to know all that stuff to do that to do uh, to get everyone around him playing better. If he makes that step, I'm not saying playoffs. You know, that's ridiculous. But this team will be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch his growth as the entire season goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Taylor, what about you? What are, what are you looking most forward to for this camp? Um, I think I'm looking forward to uh, more competent coaching. Um, I think that I think that a lot of factors on this Bears team are going to come down um, to the coaching. I think that a lot of issues Justin Fields had last year that we saw where they were just not building around his strengths. And as a rookie quarterback, you especially need that. I definitely want Justin Fields to kind of step out of that comfort zone at times this year and learn some things and develop into a guy that is like an all around guy. But when you have a rookie quarterback and you know what his strengths are, I don't know why they weren't building off that. So I'm excited to see what Eberflus is going to do. Ryan Poles with, with everything they brought in. I know they didn't bring any massive, huge names in the offensive line, but they, there's some, there's some young guys there that have potential. And I think a lot of when people have the bears ranked so low on the offensive line, I think I saw so many lists and they're like 32, 31. Um, I think that's because there's just giant question marks because Larry Borum's young, Tevin's young. There's just so much youngness on that offensive line. And I think that also is going to be factored in huge to this coaching staff, because from what I've heard, they really want to kind of change that, like, not just big, massive blocker guys. They want like the lean, athletic, quick, fast off offensive linemen. So with that, hopefully that helps Justin more. I think with the coaching, hopefully they can develop some of these other guys. I truly believe, I think Darnell Mooney is a really good wide receiver. I think we do need a big perimeter guy. I'm not quite sure if we have that, but I do think that the coaching could play a part in that. Getting Jones out there, he could be the guy. I don't know a whole lot about Pringle. When I talk about him, they're like, yeah, he's good, but not sure he can really solidify that role out there. But to me, I just think I'm excited to just see what this coaching staff can do in developing some of these young guys, because as I just mentioned, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I think, you know, I put out a poll yesterday uh, before we, we were going to try to record this yesterday, and I asked people what they were most excited about for camp. 
And the number one answer, the fifty-five percent was was Justin Fields. Justin, Justin, Justin was my was my uh, uh, prompt. And then the second highest answer was what you guys said, uh, or, or what you just said, Taylor, which was the coaching staff. Um, and so I think that that's that's top of mind for a lot of people. Um, I, I, t- I took my article a little bit different direction because I had been focused so much on the fan base this year. I was kind of obsessed with this idea that the the Bears are at an inflection point. You just hit a nadir in terms of like the interest of the fan base and in, in this product. Uh, it was such a, a hard grind to get through the season last season, particularly trying to be on a podcast or two every week and try to keep up at least with some level of energy and, and what to, what to watch. And I, I wanted to see where the fan base was at. And I think overall people are very excited about Justin Fields. They're willing to give a new coaching staff and a new front office uh, enough runway to try to see what they can do. And, and I'm, I'm excited to be amongst those people. I think that it's fun to get to camp and be able to see bears fans in their elements. I mean, I, um, I don't know when I was playing football and practicing the idea of people like watching practice is like a really funny thing, but you know, I'm so super excited to see these guys practice and just to see them up close and just to, to see how big some of these guys are. It's a lot of fun to like realize, Oh yeah, these, these guys are, these guys are giants. Um, and so, and, or these guys, that guy's really fast. Uh, so it, it's just fun to be amongst your people. And, and, and then it's become now an opportunity to meet up with, uh, you know, my friends that I write with that, that I've met through writing and podcasting. And so um, that's what I'm most excited about. And I know that's not a football take, um, but, but I do like getting into the rhythm and the tradition of getting back to going to, to camp every year. So I, I'm excited about that piece. Um, Taylor mentioned offensive line battles. Leslie, uh, Leslie L- Lester mentioned uh, offensive line battles. My wife's name is Leslie, so sorry about that. Um, uh, and um, I, I think that that's where a lot of the eyes are going to be. Uh, Lester, you've written about uh, position battles throughout your your some your summer series here. I, can you run us through what you're seeing as the potential O line battles? There's really only two spots that are settled at this point. I mean, it's pretty much center with Lucas Patrick, uh, left guard Cody Whitehair. Other than that, it's up in the air. I mean, I know the Bears have had, you know, Sam Must for running a right guard, you know, pretty much, you know, for most of the offseason. Once Dakota Dozier went down with his ACL injury, Sam Mustford took over that job full time. I just don't see him being the right guard guy all year. They brought in Michael Schofield today for a, for a workout, a recording this on Sunday. So they, they, they worked him out. If, if the Bears sign him, He's a, an immediate upgrade at right guard. He would maybe be the best guy on the roster. I mean, he, he has that experience, and, and you know, no one else really has that. I mean, he, he would come in and be that guy. He would help solidify the line. It's funny, one position could could potentially get this line looking like where you know, as a fan, we're like, okay, they have stuff to work with because the tackles are still unsettled. Larry Borum, Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, those three guys are going to be battling for the left and the right side. You know, I'm assuming going to go into the, the first day of training camp, it'll be Braxton Jones, the rookie on the left side, Larry Bro- Larry Borum on the right side. But I think once they start hitting, I think Tevin Jenkins, he, he will assert himself and show that he deserves to be in there somewhere. I just can't see a guy with that pedigree coming in and not being a starter somewhere. He just, based on his college tape and the small we saw him, you know, a year ago, he, he's that dude. I mean, I think he'll be starting at some point. Yeah, I think – uh, one of the 
criticisms of Ryan Poles, you know, whether it's legitimate or not, is that you know he he went after Ryan Bates. He signed it. Ryan Bates got multiple yeah. offers from clubs. He signed with the Bears. It was just that the Bills match. I think it was a little bit of surprise to uh, us uh, oh, that the Bills yeah. match, and it was certainly I think a surprise to Ryan Poles. I don't think he had much of a backup plan, and and he did not address it in the draft. And so you know you're in this situation now where maybe you bring in a free agent late, maybe you wait for cuts to to bring somebody in because you're just not sure if you're going to have if you have that on the roster right now but taylor you know lester mentioned three young tackles yeah braxton jones is a fifth round pick i think is i think he deserved to probably he probably has the talent to have gone mm-hmm. a little higher but because this was a large draft he got pushed down to the fifth round so i i'm not saying fifth round is a pejorative right this is this is a guy that has talent and he could certainly push for playing time early larry borum played a lot of snaps last year tevin jenkins didn't uh play that many snaps because he was coming back from that injury and so you've got three young tackles uh, battling for two positions. So these are going to be guys that you're going to be covering in your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm honestly excited. And I, I know last year it was there were some question marks around Tevin. But um, I think, and this goes back to my coaching thing, interested to see the coaching part aspect of this. But I, I agree with Lester when it comes to, I think Tevin is going to be starting at that left tackle spot personally. Um, I don't know as much at who can like swing I know Braxton can play left and right I know he did play left and right in college so he can kind of go play either of those and battle for both of those I'm interested to see though if let's say Braxton does win one of those positions and Tevin's at another one or Larry can either of them play right guard is that a thing that you got is that a possibility I think of the of the three guys, I think uh, Tevin Jenkins' athletic profile, his size, I think uh, of those three, he'd be your best fit to come inside the guard. Um, but I don't know. I just think the Bears, they're comfortable letting him be the right tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how he's been all offseason. I mean, he's really only taken reps on the right side. Uh, Larry Borm has been the guy taking reps on both sides. They kind of split it. The first six practices was Borm on the left. The next six practices of OTAs, he was on the right. So... The way I see it shaping up, I think Braxton Jones has a good chance to win the left tackle spot. I think Larry Borum, they could be having him primed to be the swing guy. But again, you know, once the pads go on, we'll see what happens because that, that could change a lot. Yeah, because I was hearing a lot during OTAs and minicamp. The one name I heard the most out of the offensive line is honestly Braxton, Braxton Jones. And they were saying how much they would expect him to kind of be that number one at first. And he's going. it's going to be a battle against Braxton rather than what I thought it was going to be kind of vice versa. But it's good to hear to me that there's guys – Bat to battle. There's got there's yeah. position battles happening on the offensive line because there was just times last year where it felt like there was nowhere for the Bears to go. Yeah, and I think that when you kind of get down to it, you have uh, a new regime that just picked a guy in the draft, and clearly that is in the mold of the type of guy that they want. So if they feel like they saw a role for Braxton Jones and they dra- and they used a draft pick on him, that's their guy. And then you have two guys that were picked by the last regime, the the, the last uh, Ryan and Matt. And so, y- you know, you have a situation where those guys aren't their guys. They're not their dudes. And so uh, there really is, uh, you know, a potential for those guys to lose favor uh, where they were in, in, in good standing last year. So that'll be interesting. I'm actually going to kind of use that argument here a little bit later for, for another another segment but again so that we always start off in the trenches on this show um so so we'll uh we're going to talk a lot about the offensive line this year i have a i have a feeling there's gonna be plenty of that but we also want to always talk about justin fields because you know i've described this as 
yes, there are other questions and they're important, but this is like the last question in a game show that's worth a million points, uh, <laughs> making all of the previous uh, questions not really relevant. It, it, this, this season is all about Justin Fields and his development. And uh-huh. so when we walk into camp this, this week, we're going to see Justin Fields be the unquestioned number one guy, which Lesser, when we were at camp last year, he took zero snaps Nothing, with yeah. the first team. And so I, I just want to start off with you know, the just the mentality of walking in as this is his team, this this offense is going to be shaped around him. How big do you think that is for his development? Yeah, I think we kind of saw that happening when the season ended. I mean, the stuff he did in, with the media, you kind of just saw I mean, a, a different type of, of personality come out where he knows he's the guy now. I mean, he's, you know, Andy Dalton's gone. Nick Foles now is gone. So, you know, he, he's the guy there. You know, there's no competition to take a spot. I mean, the whole the whole offseason last year was was mishandled. It was just a uh, – I mean, I, I understood the plan Matt Nagy tried to, to put in place, but the the pieces around it were just not correct. I mean, he, he was basing it off what happened with Alex Smith. Different situation. You know, Dalton Fields, you know, those guys should have had a – they should have had a battle. You uh-huh. know, they should have at the very least let Fields get some time with the ones because we saw when Fields finally had to start because of an injury – he didn't look very good. I mean, the offense doesn't wasn't 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 doing anything with him in there. Like you guys mentioned, you know, they didn't build it around him. You know, it was still an Andy Dalton style offense. It was just, you know, last year's was just a mismanagement of the quarterback spot. This year, Justin Fields, he's the number one. He's he's the alpha mentality. You know, he has it. He's always been that guy. He's been the dude everywhere he's been. You know, if if he's not the guy, he becomes the guy. And I think you know this year, you know, we're seeing that. And I think. You know, the coaches believe in him. I think his teammates all believe in him. So I'm excited to see him in camp, just to see how he carries himself, to see him get those reps with the ones, because that, that makes a big deal. Taylor, is there something that you, like, need to see out of this camp to make you feel like, okay, I feel pretty good about what they're doing with Justin for the season? Is there some sort of report that you're looking for to make you say, oh, okay, yep, I'm, I'm happy with that? Yeah, I'm just going to backtrack a minute because I do think that you started seeing progress towards the end of last season, and that was in spite of everything going on in that moment and with the offense. So that already gave me a little hope. But I do want to see, and we we talked about it, I've heard them say already that they're going to kind of build – I've heard the, like, it's going to be a run-heavy offense, but then they're also going to build it around Justin and the aspect of he had one of the highest, if not the highest, pass ratings outside of the pocket, and – get him out there, get him on the move. That's what Justin's good at. I do want to see more plays kind of like schemed in that direction. I want to see better ball security um, and not in the, with the fumbles, because I do, I don't think that a lot of the interceptions we see all the charts too, of he was one of the most unlucky quarterbacks when it comes to some of his interceptions. And if you're watching the games, you saw that how many times when it would like ricochet off someone's hand into the corner's hand and you're like, Oh gosh, here we go. Um, But ball security when it came to him just running around kind of flailing the ball around caused some issues too in certain games um I do think that also got better as season progressed but I think if I wanted to focus on a couple things I'd I'd say I want to see them building that letting him get be a little free get outside of the pocket um I don't want him to see have to feel like he has to launch the ball 40 yards down the field every single time um the short game works sometimes especially if you are using those running backs the way that the Bears want to use their running backs so between that and just ball security, those are the two things that I really I want to see the most improvement in. 
Yeah, and I, I think for me, I would just I'd like to see him develop a rapport with some of these guys. You have a lot of wide receivers. I think 13 wide receivers are coming into camp or something like that. They're going to keep six on the roster. There's going to keep a couple on the practice squad. But I, I'd like to see some level of connection build between somebody, uh, between Justin and somebody other than Darnell Moody, right? Yeah. So if that's uh, you know, Vail Schoen going to make this roster. It'd be great if they could uh, earn a connection early. That would be great. Um, yeah. But, you know, is Tajay Sharp, is he is he going to maybe step up? Is uh, I mean, who knows, right? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of names that are very similar tier to me. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, Nikhil Harry, right? So, you know, it, it, one of these guys that are right now, they're just Dante Pettis, right? Like guys that have some level of pedigree or have a, a level of experience in the league, are they going to come in? Are they going to be ready to uh, take a target share? Are they going to be able to develop a, a rapport with Justin? And um, are these going to be guys that he's going to be able to count on? And that, mm -hmm. you know, that's the kind of stuff that helps that, that cre is created during camp. And so if you can create that foundation in camp um, that, that translates into the, the regular season, which is what we lacked last year. We did not see that yeah. last year. So uh, that that's what I'm most looking forward to. So anytime I can see any wide receiver, again, they can't throw every ball to Darnell Moody. So, yeah. it, you know, at some point we've got to, we've got to develop some secondary and, and tertiary targets here. So uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's see what those are. So well, uh, and off that real quick, because I think in addition, like that connection with Cole Komet is important too. Like I yeah. want to see, Cole Komet and Fields in the end zone, like in the red zone so much more than we got to see that last year. And I know Jimmy Graham was kind of the one they throw in there a lot, but like when they started clicking at certain points and you're like, it's there, we just need to pull it out. We need to see it a little bit more. You had to get something for that $8 million or whatever yeah. it was that Jimmy Graham was making. So. You, you know, a lot of it is just the trust factor. I mean, there was not a trust factor with Justin Fields last year because partly he didn't run with the one. So, uh -huh. you know, him and Mooney worked out a lot. So that, that was the guy he trusted, you know, when he finally had a chance to go with the ones, you know, there was no rapport with Allen Robinson, you know, you know, there was nothing there with, with Goodwin or, or, or Demir bird, you know, cause he didn't have a chance to work with those guys. So, you know, this off season, he's done a ton of work with Mooney. He's done a lot of work with Komet. He's done stuff with Pringle and Jones as well. So, you know, they've been building all off season. Let's see that build through camp. Let's see that trust. Cause you have the guys you, you can go to, you can count on. I mean, if it's, it's not always going to be a, a, a perfect pocket. And like you said, you can't always go to Mooney. Yeah. And then with Mooney, he's, he's, you know, he's a little slight. He's only, he's only 5'10". You know, he's not a guy you really want to, you know, just chuck it up to him. So if Cole Komet at six foot six, if he can be the guy that Fields says, hey, I trust him. If I put the ball in a spot, he'll go get the ball for me. You, you know, use his, his frame and box out. You know, he's got to find those guys he can trust besides Mooney. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Before we get to our three bears segment, let's take a quick break and let's let somebody pay the bills. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. So let's talk three bears. So we're shifting this category for today a little bit because no one has, no one deserves a cold bowl of porridge yet. No one deserves the hot bowl of porridge yet. No one's done anything, right? So we're going to each name three bears with the most to prove in, in this training camp. 
You can define that however you want, but uh, give me your player and your rationale. We'll go one at a time around the room. Lester, start with you. I'm going to start at wide receiver. I'm going to go Byron Pringle for my first guy. Um, it's part of what I just talked about. You got to find a guy you can trust. You know, the Bears brought in a lot of guys. You mentioned Sharp. You mentioned Pettis, Harry. Um, David Moore is in camp as well. A lot of guys that have some experience in the league, but of all the guys they brought in as free agents or or via trade, you know, Pringle's the guy that's, you know, they paid a, a decent penny to. I mean, it's only one year deal though. So it's not like they trusted him long-term. They brought him in on a one-year deal, but I think it was like three or $4 million. So, you know, he's going to be starting for you. My guess is in the slot. Um, I think that's probably his best place within how this offense is constructed. So, you know, can Byron Pringle take a step up from being the the third or fourth option in KC, you know, to be in the, the the second option possibly in Chicago? You know, he has big playability, but is that because of who he had around him in KC or is that because of who he is as a player? It's a lot of question marks around the entire receiving core, but if Byron Pringle proves that he's a, a legitimate, you know, second threat, I think that solves, you know, some of the problems the offense has. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good pick there. Taylor, what about you? Who's your first one? Um, I'm going to go Eddie Jackson. Okay. Um, I think that this is a very big prove it year for Eddie. Um, I personally, two years ago, loved Eddie Jackson. I bought an Eddie Jackson jersey because I was just like pumped. Um, and then we saw a kind of decline. And Ryan Poles and Eberflus both decided he deserved another chance. Ryan Poles saw something in whatever he watched or whatever he heard. Um, because I remember after the season and they said he was pretty much like, I'm not going to use this last season as what's going to determine of who I'm keeping and who I'm getting rid of because this is just kind of, it is not going to work that way. Um, the It was just a lot of negativity going around on the, the Bears roster last year. And there was a lot of people that kind of started giving up at certain points, I think. Um, Eddie Jackson has the ability to be that free safety that we need. Um, we've seen it. We've seen it in previous years. And I think that this year is not only determining like what he could be and the Bears in general, but his place in the NFL. Um, so he and also now they, they spent a lot of not a ton of money, but they spent s- some draft picks and some time uh, on the free agency getting that secondary depth built up. So now there's not technically like direct competition for him, but there is depth there that people can work on um, and kind of battle him for that position. And he, it's not just Eddie's anymore. Yeah. Like you say, I mean, they, they drafted Jaquan Brisker. So if Brisker comes in and he's really good, they may feel like, look, we can get by with Brisker and somebody else uh-huh. uh, and, and not need to, to keep that premium contract with Eddie. Um, I, for me, uh, I'm going to take the free square on the bingo board since none of you mentioned it on the first. It's Tevin Jenkins. I mean, yeah. it, this is the guy that was drafted by the last regime. He ha- has not had a great offseason so far with the reports that we have heard. We, you know, There's practices that aren't open to the beat reporters, but the beat reporters that have been uh, writing about the practices they've had access to, you know, he, he's not running with the ones. Again, nothing really matters until the pads come on. You don't know where he's at in terms of health or anything, but uh, they're not committed to this guy like the last regime would be. And so they don't necessarily need to go throw Tevin Jenkins out as a starter if they don't feel like he's the right guy or if he's the right fit. Um, and so he needs to come in and really start throwing bodies when mm-hmm. the pads come on. And so I'm, I think that he has of everybody at camp. I think Tevin Jenkins has the most to prove right now. No, yeah, I that, like... that... Go, go ahead. ahead. 
Yeah, I mean that was my that was my number two guy Jenkins. You know, he's just like I said, he's got to throw bodies, and that's he kind of plays like that. I mean, he has that mean streak. You know, you, you don't want to see it too much in training camp because you know you, that that's you know that's your teammate, but you know, but he's got to he's got to show his edge. He has to show his nastiness. It has to come through because he he knows that's what Ryan Poles wants. Ryan Poles wants guys that play with an edge. That's that's the, that's the big selling point he had with Lucas Patrick. He talked about Lucas Patrick coming in. He called him a prick. I mean, he said that's the kind of guy he wants on his line. He wants a guy that plays nasty, plays mean. You know, he'll he will you know he will get after you. And that's Tevin Jenkins. You know, last year Tevin Jenkins when he finally had a chance to play, he was awful. That that first game, he came in for Jason Peters, I think it was, uh, and he just he didn't look very good. The next week he started, and all the mistakes he made the, the first game, he cleaned up. I was so impressed with his one start he had last year. I think I, I graded him with like a like a like a. Uh, 90 for, for that game he just looked so good in that one game and then of course the next game he started he got hurt right away mm-hmm. and then he did you know he didn't really play I mean he could have played but of course Matt Nagy didn't want to play the young guys he wanted to keep putting you know Jason Peters out there which you know that's a whole other uh, problem there but you know <laughs> we should have saw more of Jenkins down the stretch um, I just think he's that dude I, I, I really do I think he's got the the ability to do it but he's got to prove it yeah I agree. Uh, He has to prove it and he has to stay healthy because obviously those are two things we saw right away. Um, I I mean, that draft when it was like the fields, I was so excited and I was like, yes, we got a quarterback. We got a guy to protect the quarterback. Perfect combination. And then it just didn't go the way you wanted. But I think that obviously he got injured so that it didn't start the way he wanted in general. Um, That first game. Like you said, it was rough. Um, it it kind of, you were a little scared. You took a sta- step back, but then I saw progress. And I think that progress, like you said, when you, you saw right away that he can see what he's doing wrong and fix it. And then now with that in an extra step, you now have new coaches who I think are not technically sold on you because they brought some guys in here that they may want in that position. But there's guys here that may care a little bit more and put a little more emphasis on that development part um, for him. So I like, I, Tevin was definitely one of the ones that I would put on my list also. Okay. So you two both had Tevin as one I of didn't three? end up putting, I didn't okay, end up putting okay. him on mine. Okay. So Taylor, well, since Lester, that was your number two that guy. Was my number two guy. He was on my list. We'll go to you, Taylor. Who's your, who's next on your list? Uh, my next is Montgomery. Uh, I think that it, it's, I, I love David Montgomery, but I think that we've seen in the NFL how it eat, how uh, you can find running backs. Running backs are not the most difficult guy to find. Um, he had some injury issues last year, and a lot of the things that you see on David Montgomery, even I, I know all these Madden rankings that have been coming out have been just like some of them are absolutely insane. But on one of them, I even saw James Robinson for the Jags on there and Montgomery not on the list, and I was kind of like, I just feel like in every aspect, Montgomery had been a, had proven that he at least had proven that he's a better running back. Will he be in the future? I'm not totally sure because I also like James Robinson, but I think it's big for David Montgomery. I'm I'm not totally convinced that the Bears would like throw a bunch of money at him after this season, um, but I do think for him, especially with the Bears wanting to have a run heavy kind of offense, um, it's pretty much between him and Khalil Herbert to figure that out. So I think for David Montgomery's future, also. Um, it's, this is a very important season for him. Yeah. And and my next player would be Thomas Graham jr. So again, you have a player that, sorry, Lester, if I'm stealing your guys, okay. uh, we (laughs) We we are on the same page quite a bit. So, so so the way that I, the way that I think of this is that you, you have a player that was chosen by the last regime. The new regime comes in and they sign a guy. 
And so they, they signed Tavon Young to come in and compete at that position. So I, uh, Tavon Young's had trouble staying on the field um, it, it, with, with health in recent years. So, so maybe that'll play itself out anyway. But, you know, Thomas Graham Jr. didn't have a long runway to, to show what he has. Uh, you don't know when it clicked for him. I mean, I'm not just going to put that on the last year coaching staff and blast them for that. You, you know, we really don't know when exactly it clicked for him. He may have been, you know, a little bit slow getting getting around to stuff. And as a rookie, um, particularly since he missed his senior year uh, with an opt out. So I, I, I'm not I'm not putting that on the, the last staff. But when he did get in games, he popped. Right. It was like, wow, this guy's got this guy's got some juice. He's got this is an interesting guy. And so you hope that he has a role they they you have a uh, an established corner in Jalen Johnson you have the first pick in Ryan Poles's draft was another corner in Kyler Gordon and now you have this guy Thomas Graham who a lot of people I think were excited about on that little bit of data that he gave us in, in games um can he uh win a starting job can he come in and be the nickel can he come in and be a contributor in this team uh, because the last regime drafted you. So, so th- that to me is a guy that has a lot to prove in, in this, in this uh, camp and hopefully he can solidify himself as a contributor and someone that the bears can count on down the road. Yeah. That was my number three guy, you know, Graham, uh, you mentioned they brought in young, you know, young, like three years ago, he was the top paid nickel in the game, I believe. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he has some experience in the NFL, uh, some injuries have happened. That's kind of why he fell out of favor. Uh, he played last year, the, the all 17 games in Baltimore, but it wasn't the best year for him. He was still kind of coming back from stuff. So, you know, the Bears saw enough to bring him in. You know, he was in sort of to be their their, their top nickel at first, but get, Graham kind of, you know, kept working. And eventually by the end of the, the offseason, he was their top nickel guy. So, again, we're going to go back to last year. You know, Thomas Graham, the game he played and started, thought he looked great. You know, he looked really good that game. Then, of course, what does Matt Nagy do? You're back to the bench, kid. Like, what's the point? You know, at, at that point, everyone knew Nagy was gone. He yeah. had to know he was gone. You know, at some point, someone should have stepped in and said, hey, for the franchise's sake, let's get these young guys in here. You guys are going nowhere. But, you know, that's what you get when you keep a regime one year too long. You know, yeah. they're now they're coaching for their jobs. They want to get their wins. You know, they, they, they are afraid to take their lumps with young guys because they want to make sure that their, their record is as good as possible. They were a bad team last year. I want to see Thomas Graham. If you just imagine how we'd feel now as Bears fans, if we would have had Devin Jenkins, you know, play those last few games, Thomas Graham play those last few games, both showed us some more promise. I mean, think as Bears fans, we'd be more excited for them going out to the to their to the to the, to the next year. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that. Graham looked good. If he can lock down that nickel, and the cool thing is, is is he took that job. I mean, Young was brought in to have it. They, you know, he he came in with the pedigree. Thomas Graham took that job during the OTAs. Hopefully he keeps that. If he keeps that and keeps those guys in the bench, really helps, you know, really helps uh, solidify the secondary. Is Kyler Gordon going to be battling for that specific position too? Kyler would be at out, the other oh, outside corner. Okay. If, if he's healthy, which, you know, right, right now yeah, as Bears fans, who knows? Because he didn't practice the last few OTAs. You know, the Bears say it's fine. Just a minor injury. You know, we've heard this story before, yeah. so, so hopefully Kyler Gordon does not end up on the pup list next week, which, you know, we've seen happen too as well. So, Yeah, no, I get it. I, and I like that. I um, I think the secondary this year is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch in camp. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, what you guys bring back from that secondary side just because they're with the, the depth that they added this offseason, I think it's going to be actually a pretty decent secondary. 
Yeah, if they click early, they could shut uh -huh. down this underwhelming pedigree uh, wide receiving core, right? I mean, that, yeah. that could be that could be a storyline that emerges is that, hey, the secondary looks really good. They're really shutting this down. They're not they're not really given a lot of open windows um, just because the pedigree of the secondary is much higher than the pedigree of the, the wide receivers. That's not what, you know, it doesn't always come down to that. But, um, you know, a lot of times that, that that sort of wins out in camp when you, when you have that. Um, those guys going against each other. So Taylor, what about you? Who's your third player that you had identified? Uh, my third was uh, Fields. Okay. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I, it's hard not to say him, especially because I feel like last season was a little bit of wash in certain aspects. So this season, I think we're, we're truly expecting like a, a pretty decent size leap. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I think there will be some, a little bit of worries towards the end of the season. But I think a lot of it comes down to those conne connections he builds. And um, some of these other guys that we just named, like Pringle maybe being a guy, um, Valus maybe being a guy. But I think it, it's Justin feels is a, it's an important time to uh, – it's an important year to kind of prove something. Kyler just got paid in his, his third year, so – yeah, you never if we know. We wait too long. We're going to be paying him like seventy million dollars. So, well, I mean, at some point, it's worth it, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. if he, if he proves to be the guy, then it doesn't really matter what you sign him to because it's gonna it's gonna pay off. Especially what they bring brings to the franchise overall. Maybe a franchise that's going to move to Arlington Heights and open a new stadium. I mean, like, there's uh, the value of a franchise quarterback with modern skill set probably does not have a price tag that you could exceed yeah. um, with with a with an NFL contract. But, uh, you know, my third guy, I kind of went back and forth on a couple ideas. Um, I, I'll just mention that I thought about Cole Komet. Cole Komet's not going to have uh, – he doesn't need to prove anything in camp to be the starter. Uh, he, you know, he, he it's a prove it year for him. But, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily have to worry too much about camp per se. Um, I thought about someone like Daz Newsom, who was who was taken, you know, last year. Uh, there's a ton of wide receivers. Uh, the skill set that he brings is is you know going to have a lot of competition. I, I see Daz Newsom likely being on the the practice squad this year. I, I didn't really feel like that was as interesting of an answer. Um, and then I thought about the defensive line a little bit, and mm -hmm. I and I, I want to talk about Travis Gibson for just a little bit in this third spot because I think that he has something to prove in that I, he's going to be on the field. He's, he's going to be in the rotation. I, then that's not in, in question, but they, they did sign Muhammad from the, from the Colts. You know, uh -huh. that Iberflus knows who he is and feels comfortable with him. Um, Robert Quinn is the, the, one of the best players on the team, you know, Roquan's probably the best, you know, player right now on the team. Robert Quinn's right there. Robert Quinn's going to have plenty of snaps. Uh -huh. But if Travis Gibson shows that he is the guy, that he can be the dude and he can replace the snaps that were taken by Quinn and Mac, then that should give Ryan Poles all of the reason that he needs to move uh, Robert Quinn uh, for an in-season trade. Uh -huh. And and I think that, you know, you hear enough about that. And I don't know if that's like analyst driven, like speculation, and it just becomes so much that we just kind of think that that's, that's what he's aiming for. Uh, you know, Robert Quinn was like, well, fine, I'm not going to report and maybe you should trade me or something. Like there was talk, like kind of buzz around that. So there's at least some truth, I think, to the idea that he might be moved in a Von Miller type move by the trade deadline. And I think that the, the comfort level of doing that would be enhanced if Travis Gibson proves that he is a guy, he is like a, a bona fide starter that can take starter reps 
uh, through through an entire season. And so I'm I'm really interested to see what he looks like this year. Um, really coming into his own. Is he does he have the counter moves, you know, is, is he going to take advantage of, of young offensive linemen um, in, in the, in the one-on-one drills, right? Like, is he going to really kind of show like I, I'm here, I'm, I'm established. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what Gibson looks like. No, I like that a lot. I think that anytime Travis was in the game last year, you were saying his name. And I think that's important and in a positive way, not like, Oh, he just let someone pancake him. Um, I, it was, and for me to say that with just like casually watching a game, not when I go back and rewatch it and really focus on certain things, me just casually watching the game at the bar. And I'm like, man, this Travis kid, like pretty good. And you're not completely noticing that, you know, certain what some of your other guys, Cleo Max, when he was injured or stuff like that, it wasn't like a complete decline where you were like, okay, this, we're completely lost. Um, there were moments where he was, uh, he was making plays and he was like causing a little chaos on the line. And that's important. You want to see those guys that are just going after it. And it looked like he was. Yeah. I think Gibson had seven or eight sacks last year. I think he had like five force fumbles. So, you know, he made impact when he's in there, like you said, and you know, that's something I talked about in my article about the defensive ends is a lot. Of, there's a lot of a young talent on this roster and if these guys step up including gibson you know that'll that'll be more enticing to trade a guy like quinn and you know he he didn't show up the entire offseason he decided to skip all of it even even the mandatory stuff he wasn't there for you know uh veterans report to camp at house hall on tuesday i believe so you know if he's gonna show up is definitely something that to monitor so if he decides to to do a holdout it may force polls hand um you'd rather see you know the team you know see the young guy step up before having to trade him but you know their hand may be forced and a guy like gibson has to step up and you know prove that you know what we saw last year wasn't a fluke mm-hmm. he can keep this going and i think he can i mean he was a, a defensive lineman in college you know he was new to the to the spot he was playing with the bears you know in, 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 in the last regime you know so him putting his hand back in the dirt i think he he likes that i think he wants that it's more of a of an attacking defense from him now so again i'm excited to see what he does as well Lots to look forward to. Really excited for it. Um, let's let's kind of close out the the podcast here and just remind you guys if you're listening to this, if you can get an opportunity to hop on YouTube, head over to Second City Gridiron, hit subscribe. We're trying to get to a thousand subs. Uh, Lester has started to accumulate a package that he is going to give away to uh, someone who is within the first thousand subscribers. We're going to have a ton of content on Second City Gridiron YouTube uh, this season. It's gonna, you're going to be able to find a lot of fun stuff. So please go there, help us out, subscribe to that. Um, the new podcast, Making Monsters, starring Taylor, is going to be out uh, first episode this this coming week. Yes, correct. Uh, Thursday, so, I believe we're doing Thursday. Okay, very exciting. Um, Lester and I are going to be cutting uh, a number of camp reports. Uh, other guys might jump in and do some of them. I'll try to do a majority of them. I think we got at least six of the episodes covered already. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're really excited about that. There's 12 open practices, so we'll, we'll try to shoot for covering as many of those as possible. Uh, the Hopium Den, my summer project, has two more episodes. Um, I, I thought we were going to have a 10-episode arc. I, it does not look like that's going to happen. It's going to be nine. Uh, I did cut an episode today um, with a very special guest. That'll probably be episode nine. Episode eight will come out on Wednesday. That uh, features uh, Lester and, oh, nice. and EJ and Patty, the three people that I have collaborated with most at Windy City Gridiron. And that was a very fun conversation that we had last week. I'm so excited to share that with you guys. Um, anything else going on that we we should uh, mention on the website or, or anything else that's going on, Lester? 
I mean, it's just camp. I mean, camp is going to be huge. Uh, you know, the, the podcast, the video channel is going to be popping. But, you know, we're going to have so much news that's going to come so fast where, you know, it's it's like with most outlets at this time of year, you know, we're excited, you know, because the last month has been kind of quiet as far as mm. real news. I mean, yeah, there's some guys getting arrested, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time. So we got plenty of those. Yeah. So so we're excited. It's going to be some actual, you know, honest to goodness stuff to report on. And, you know, the, the brand new show is coming too next week. So. You know, we're excited. You know, we just did add uh, Greg Gabriel. So uh, he, he is now writing for the site 30 plus years as a scout in the NFL for the Bears, for the Giants. Um, I believe he's involved in the East West Shrine game right now. So it's cool getting his perspective um, on, on what's going on from a scouting side of things. And that's what he's going to kind of add to the site. Um, he already has a couple articles out there talking about what happens during camp. Uh, from a from a player evaluation standpoint, which is some stuff I didn't know what goes on there. So it's cool seeing that happen. He's going to kind of do the same thing moving here forward as the Bears kind of, you know, uh, have to look at the new guys and, and how they are going to evaluate and build that 53-man roster. So it's kind of cool seeing that perspective from a guy like Greg Gabriel. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to have him on the pod at some point for as sure, well, sure. share his perspective uh, on on this channel. But Taylor, welcome to the team. We are really excited to have you um, and we're really excited to see what you can do with Making Monsters. I'm super excited. I have a question for you guys also. How do you uh, feel about the orange helmets? Oh, the orange helmets. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw it today, but the, the Bears website announced that they're going to wear orange helmets for two games uh -huh. uh, against the Commanders and on uh, in the middle of October and then at the end of the month um, on a road game against the Cowboys. So they'll wear the orange helmets with the orange jersey. So that means they're going to wear the orange jerseys twice. I, I'm happy. Now, did they nail it? Is it the perfect helmet? No. Like there, there are better versions of the helmet. I would like to not have the... The, the wishbone C I yeah. would like to move to a bear or a, a bear paw or bear, you know, something bear, bear marks. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give me more bear and less C's, but I am so happy that they embrace the idea of using the alternate color uh -huh. and not just do something boring like a white helmet. And I know that's yeah. going to make some people upset because people, some people like the white helmet. Um, I am not <laughs> one of those people. I'm happy that they, they went out, they tried the orange helmet. Um, and so I'm, I'm a fan. That's why you're wearing the orange hat right now. I, I, yeah. It is. That's it what is. I think of it. <laughs> I, I am not a fan of the orange look to myself. I just think uh, I like the jerseys. I don't like the jerseys either. I like the I like the the navy for the alternates. The, mm -hmm. the old school uh, uh, the the old school monsters. You know yeah. those jerseys from the 40s. I like the ones they had from the 30s. Uh, the white ones. So I'm I'm not a fan of the orange. Just looks too uh, too dumb and dumber to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. But personally, like my favorite color is orange. So it's just like okay. all like my favorite football team and my favorite color in one. I love it. Um, did you see the video of Valus like drawing the bear? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we can just use his logo on the helmet. That should be the logo. I mean, if they're going to do something different, let's do something different. I mean, if it would have been a bear, then maybe I would be like, okay, I'm okay with the alternate, but just the same thing. Uh, come on, yeah. get out. I, I, I mean, at least they flipped the color and it's a Navy C, yeah. but I, I, I do want to say that um, the cool thing about having throwback logos is when they, they'll bring back merch and all this stuff and it's cool, right? Mm -hmm. If you keep the same logo for 50, 60, 70 years, you don't get any more throwback stuff. You yeah. have to change and refresh. Yeah. People say, oh, it's classic. It's a, 
it's not been around for a hundred yeah. years. Like the Bears changed their logo. They've had like five or six logos in the in the history. Yeah, I yeah, logos and alternative logos and all this like fun stuff that support the the evolution and the artwork and that that's how you then can look back and say oh, I kind of like that bear that they used in the eighties and nineties. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I might have hated it then, but now I'm like, oh, it's kind of a cool little mini throwback, and and I like that bear. I want I want something with that bear on it. Anything that you can do to try to wrestle more of my money out of my pocket and into into the McCaskey's pocket should be a, a priority for them. <laughs> so um, I, I'm 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 all for it. I'm again. I don't think it's perfect. I think we need more bear presence on the side of the helmet. But I'm happy that they did something and it wasn't boring like white. Agreed. All right, we'll get out of here with the podcast. Uh, we'll stick around for some Q&A on, on the video, but thank you for listening. Um, and we're really excited. Uh, we are going to be cranking up the content with, with camp now. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.